All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Finalized Sports Podcast. It is a Thursday night, September 3rd. There is one week till NFL kickoff. I could not be more excited for the season. Alex, how you feeling, man? Oh, I'm so pumped up. I think the fact that NFL football is happening and it gives us some normality to what we've been everybody's had to deal with this year, I think it's going to help a lot of people. I'm so excited just because, you know, week one, a lot of teams that – have already been written off maybe or pumped up to play and show the rest of the NFL what they're made of. Yeah, I mean, so many offseason moves, crazy Bill O'Brien trades, um, yeah. plus just a weird offseason with COVID and everything. Like, this is a much-needed football season. I can't wait. But uh, we got a great episode. We are going to be going through our full divisional standings. Um, as always, if you got anything to say, DM us on Instagram, TikTok, any social medias, we will get back to you. But without further ado... Let's get right into it. Starting off, AFC North. Uh, my fourth place is the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them going 4-12. and 12. Uh, They've got talent on that offense, no doubt. Uh, Joe Mixon, I've said it before, top five running back, top five wide receiver core, but a horrible, weak offensive line, weak and inexperienced, still not super trusting of their defense, 4-12 and 12 in a really hard division. Third place, I got the Cleveland Browns, 9-7. and seven. With that amount, amount of talent and the second easiest schedule in the league, they should be going 11-5, and five, but it's the Browns, 9-7. and seven. Uh, In second place, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, 12-4. and four. Really, really high up on them. No weak spot there. I mean, maybe you could say James Conner, but they also have ben, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, um, and I don't think Big Ben is washed. I think he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. And number one, Baltimore Ravens, 14-2. and two, Added Calais Campbell. You got rid of uh, Earl Thomas, but still Chuck Clark is really underrated on that defense. Best cornerback duo. A complete team. So what do you have, AFC North? Okay, so for me, fourth place in the AFC North, I have the Steelers going 7-9. and nine. Uh, Third place, I have the Bengals going 9-7. and seven. Really, I think this is where the discussion starts. Um, I personally don't believe in Big Ben. I just want to get that out of the way. I think that the fact that he was playing so much of his career with that elbow injury, just I, I think you might as well write them off. But I'm not saying he's going to have a bad season. I think he might have a decent season. I just don't think it's going to be enough to bring it together as a team, as a whole. But like I said, I think the discussion starts with the Cincinnati Bengals. I feel like a lot of people have written them off, but I think they're going to sneak off wins here and there, and it's going to end up putting a pretty decent record for them. I think the AFC North is by far one of the most competitive divisions in the league. In second place, I have the Cleveland Browns going 10-6. and six. I definitely see them making the playoffs. I think they have a complete team. I think the fact that they traded for Ronnie Harrison today shows that they are willing to make the moves needed to get themselves into a playoff hunt. They know that this team has the talent, and I feel like Kevin Stefanski can bring them together and do what Baltimore did where they're going to use the coaching staff to cater to what Baker is good at. And in first place with 13-3, and three, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I feel like that's a given. I think the Ravens are going to be a powerhouse this year. They're, they've got more running backs now with the addition of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you got Mark Ingram returning. you got um, Gus Edwards returning. And they have Justice Hill. And I think the fact that they added Clayus Campbell, like you said, is just going to put that defense in another great position. Another underrated move I do want to mention, though, is Derek Wolf coming over from the Denver Broncos. I think that's another piece that they added to that defensive line that is going to help them stop the run and get some pass pre- and get some pass rush going. 
All right, so Ravens and Browns were kind of on the same page. The Steelers, though, you had them seven and nine. I mean, here's the thing: they went eight and eight last year with some of the worst quarterback, the worst quarterback play in the league. Mason Rudolph sucked. Duck Hodges sucked. For a third stringer, he was okay, I guess. Um, but the Steelers, a, a complete team, elite defense, top five at least. The receiving core, I'm really high up on it. James Washington for a Bolitnikoff Award winner. You got Deontay Johnson, who shocked a lot of people with his rookie year last year. I mean, plus you got Eric Ebron for the tight end. I, I just don't see this team doing any worse. I mean, 12-4, and four, and I think they could really fight for the AFC, Divi- AFC North division. For the, uh, Bengals, the, only thing, the only thing I have to say to that for my rebuttal is just the schedule. When I was clicking through and seeing their schedule, they have a lot of tough games, and I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team. I think their positional groups will do good. I just don't think it would be enough to win those games when they're playing some of the top teams in the NFL. Okay, interesting. I, I mean, I have them as the biggest Super Bowl sleeper. That's just me. Um, the Bengals, real quick, though, I have them 4-12. Look, it, it's not that they don't have talent, but I honestly had them going 0-6 in this division. I mean – this division is incredibly tough, like you mentioned. They have to play the Cowboys, the Eagles. I know I don't see them winning either of those games. It's just going to be really tough. I think the Dolphins might beat them. Uh, an unproven defense, an almost completely new defense, except for the D-line. It, it needs a year to gel together. Weak offensive line. We don't know what to expect from Joe Burrow. So that's my thing with the Bengals, 4-12. and 12. I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but that, what I see – is when they spend all this money on the defense, I think it shows a lot of potential and they fixed a lot of the tackling issues and they addressed that also in the draft. I, I think this defense is coming in underrated. Like you said, you've already kind of written them off and I think they're going to quietly put together a really good season. And it may not be pretty, like I said, nine and seven, but I think they're going to sneak off wins here and there against some top teams and then lose a game to a lower ranked team and it'll kind of even out. Okay. All right, one division down, um, worked out pretty well. So AFC South next. Um, In this division, I see three really average teams and one horrible one. First off, the Jaguars, 1-15. I don't need to explain that. You guys know. Uh, Third place, I have the Houston Texans at 7-9. Losing D-Hop was just huge. You don't just lose the second-best receiver in the league. You downgrade a huge downgrade to Brendan Cooks. We know Will Fuller's going to get injured. We know Randall Cobb is probably going to get injured. Cooks might even get injured. Um, It's just going to be horrible. Deshaun Watson is going to be left alone on that offense. Offensive line, it's going to suck again. Laramie Tunsil's and a bunch of no-namers. So I have them third place. Second place, actually tied for first place, nine and seven, is the Colts and the Titans. People are sleeping on the Colts too much. They're a really big sleeper. I absolutely see them get into the playoffs. Uh, Philip Rivers, you give him the best offensive line in the league now. Uh, last year, he or p- for the past five years, really, he's played with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, it's all about that wide receiver, too, for the Colts. You added DeForest Buckner. The defense is going to hold up fine. Offensive line, you got Jonathan Taylor. It's all about that wide receiver, too. If Michael Pittman steps up, you know, take pressure off T.Y. Hilton, give Philip Rivers another viable option, that's huge for that offense. They could be top ten. So, uh Tied Colts and Titans for first place. Okay, so for me, I agree with you. One and fifteen for the Jaguars. I think once I saw them get rid of Yannick Ngakwe, and then immediately following that was Leonard Fournette getting released, and then they also traded away Ronnie Harrison. I think they're just unloading all of the talent, and they want to start from the ground up. Uh, I did say that I thought they had potential when they still had Leonard Fournette. 
But now that I see what they're doing, just getting rid of all of their young players, I feel like they're just, you know, they're 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 tanking for Trevor Lawrence at this point. Okay, so for my third place spot, I have the Indianapolis Colts, five and eleven. You like you said, put them in front of the best offensive line in the NFL. Great and all, I think of Philip Rivers as a white Jameis Winston. I think he makes terrible decisions, even when there's a slight amount of pressure. He overthrows players from a couple of the games that I've watched. He, when he's as soon as he sees any type of pressure or feels like he needs to make a play, he goes deep even when there's a player that might be open underneath to get you 10, 15 yards. He doesn't take what the defense gives him. He takes shots. And sometimes those, and a lot of times, it seems like this past season, those really hurt him. So right now I don't have a ton of faith in Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I, I will say about Phillip Rivers, I don't have a ton of faith in him either. I think the offensive line is going to help him in that category. He's extremely immobile, though. Might be yeah. the most immobile quarterback, and that says a lot in 2020. But back to your yeah. list. Okay, for second place, I have the Titans going 8-8. Eight and eight. I feel like this is going to be a rather disappointing year. And personally, I think this is all going to fall down onto Ryan Tannehill's shoulders. I think everybody's like, oh, he did amazing this past season with the end of the season run, getting them into the playoffs and taking them to that AFC championship game. But I, I just think it's going to fall flat this season. We're going to go back to the t- Ryan Tannehill we've always known. Okay, so that's what I have to say about that. I mean, I, sure, I would like to see the Titans do well. I like Derrick Henry, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And in first place was 12-4. and four, I have the Texans. Um, a lot of these players for this team are kind of up in the air. It's like potential, but you don't know where they're going to go. So I'm going to go with the fact that they stay healthy. I think they are going to have a really good offense. I think J.J. Watt is going to come back and be a defensive player of the year candidate. And I, I just like a lot of the moves they made this offseason. Bringing in Gary on Conley, pairing him with Bradley, Bradley Roby was a really great move, in my opinion. You got Lonnie Johnson at cornerback, and you've got Charles Amenahu coming off the edge, who I'm a really big fan of. So I think that team is going to put it together, and they're going to gel really nice this season. I mean, I, I have to completely disagree with that. 12-4, and four, they were 10-6 and six last year, and they lose the second-best receiver in the league, arguably the best, uh, and you have them winning two more games. I mean, yeah, they made some okay moves, but none of them even come close to uh, the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, how crucial that was to this year. And the injuries, okay, if they stay healthy, I, I could see possibly like a 9-7 and seven ceiling, but how likely is that? That's my whole thing with the Texans. The way that I see it is, yes, they did get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, but they added two more decent receivers. So that just means you have, like, yes, you have one dominant receiver and one a good receiver, but now you have three pretty decent receivers, in my opinion. So it's not – he has more places to look, in my opinion, is what I'm trying to get at. He has more options. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, or Bust. He's got multiple guys now. They can bring four receivers out. And he has options to go around. It's not like he can either throw it up or take off and run. I I can understand that more. Um, AFC East is the next one. So I have the uh, Jets at the bottom, 2-14. and Lost Jamal Adams, C.J. Mosley opting out. No receivers whatsoever. Offensive line got better with Mekhi Becton. Still not great, though. 2-14, and that's all I got to say. Next at third place is the Dolphins, 4-12. and Um, I think there are a lot of close games that they lose this year, kind of like how the Bengals lost a lot of close games last year. Um, They made some good moves over the offseason. Kyle Van Noy, they have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Um, 
but it's just not enough to be a serious contender yet. I hope they don't start Tua. You've got a weak, inexperienced offensive line, and you're putting in an injury-prone quarterback. Recipe for disaster right there. I have them going 4-12. and 12. Next is New England at 7-9. and nine. No weapons whatsoever. Just cut Mohamed Sanu. All you have is Julian Edelman. Um, defense, you've got the most opt-outs in the league. So are they tanking? There's always that question. I refuse to believe that Bill Belichick is just going to give up on a season. So 7-9. and nine. And then the Bills, 11-5. and five. They were 10-6 and six last year. They're going to get better. Stephon Diggs is going to be huge for Josh Allen. His accuracy still has to get a lot better. But um, they have one of the best cornerback duos in the league with uh, Josh Norman and Tredavious White. Bills 11-5, and five, top of the division. What do you have? Okay, starting off, I just want to say right now, I think that the Miami Dolphins have by far the worst offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, them so the Bengals, yeah. One, I have them going 1-15. and 15. Wow. I think that I I think the the rails are going to fall off the ship a little bit. I don't think that defense is going to per, is going to perform to all of the money that they've spent on it. Uh, personally, I think Byron Jones is a little overrated in my opinion. They just traded away Raquan McMillan, which was the centerpiece of that defense in my opinion. He was going to be the leader and the middle linebacker number one. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is a guy that does a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do anything really well. So they paid for a guy that can get you maybe two, three sacks, a pick here, but he's not going to break the game in any way. He's just going to be that guy that can perform here and there and get and make a play here and there. Um, third place, I have the New York um, Jets. I think that, like how you said, the fact that Sam Darnold doesn't have very many weapons and that offensive line is still a big question mark for me. I just think they're wasting his career. And I, I don't see them going anywhere this season. Their best receiver is Jameson Crowder, and he was a wide receiver three on the Redskins a couple years ago. Uh, for the number one and two spots, I have a tie between the Patriots and the Bills. I think the Bills are still that team where even with uh, an easier schedule, like with an easier schedule, they're going to put up a good record, but they're going to play tough teams, and they're just not going to be able to hang with them. And then with the um, – New England Patriots, I just see uh, Bill Belichick, you know. I don't think you can ever count him or the Patriots out. And I think now that he has a quarterback that can move with Cam Newton and he still has all of these running backs, uh, I think they're going to have a top three rushing offense in the NFL. And I, I, I think they're going to probably – I think they're going to make the postseason, in my opinion. Wow. So what exactly did you have them go? 10-6. and six. I have both the Bills and the Patriots going 10-6. and six. Wow. I mean, look, Cam Newton's an upgrade, but who do you have at receiver? Like, you don't have a pass game. Julian Edelman, his route running is really good, yeah, but he's 34, led the league in drops last year. You cut Muhammad's new. I'm high up on Nikhil Harry, but he's only going into, what, his, like, second or third year. We haven't seen much from him yet. Um, so, so, yeah, I just don't fully believe in the Patriots and all the opt-outs, too. So that's just my thing yeah. with the Patriots. But the way, the way that I see it is – even though with all of the opt-outs, that defense still put up points for your squad. I mean, you still have Stephon Gilmore, you still have the McCordy brothers, and you still have that defensive line, especially with Chase Vinovich going into his second year. I'm, I'm really expecting that defense to be right where it was last year, even with the people that have you know, not decided not to play this season. Okay, and I will say, you mentioned Kyle Van Noy, which I agree, I think he's extremely overrated. He benefited so much from that New England system. Uh, he played two and a half years from Detroit, one sack in total versus New England. He had 16 and a half in just three and a half years. 
So, I mean, that's a system player right there. Um, But, yeah, we move on to the AFC West. In last place, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them 5-11. Look, all you've done on offense, I mean, you've got Keenan Allen, who's really good, really consistent. Mike Williams is not a consistent guy. Only receiver over 1,000 yards who did not have 50 receptions. He's going to give you a couple big plays, a couple big receptions per game. I think his yards per reception was like 22 or something. It led the league last year, but he's not that consistent type of guy. You lost Melvin Gordon. The offensive line still is horrible. Um, Brian Beluga, that's really the only piece of the O-line that I'm high up on. So, And, and Tyrod Taylor, a little bit of a downgrade from Phillip Rivers. Last time we saw him start, he looked bad in Cleveland. So I'm not high up on the Chargers. Their defense is going to carry them to those five wins. Third place, I have the Raiders, and I have them seven and nine. Um, the offense is much improved, I'll give you that. The receiving core, still not high up on it. Uh, the secondary, definitely still some questions. I think if Cleveland Farrell, which I'm expecting him to take that step up, if he takes a step up, it's going to be huge for him. You got him, and on the other side, you got Max Crosby. That's huge for that defense, defensive line. Mad Max, baby. Oh, absolutely. Uh, second, I got the Denver Broncos, and I have them going 7-9. and nine. I've seen this hype before, all right? Stop it right now. Your right tackle opted out. Your left tackle spot is a mess. You got tackle problems. That sounds exactly like the Browns of last year. Everybody's hyping them up. For a young quarterback that's only played five meaningless games, and you've got tackle problems, that's the worst problems you could have. Horrible. So in the receiving core, you got two rookies at wide receiver two and three. I think the defense is going to be the storyline for the Broncos, especially these first like five or six weeks. I think the defense is really underrated going into the year. Uh, and then first place, I got the Kansas City Chiefs, 13-3. and three. No explanation needed. What do you have? Okay, so I kind of agree with you on the Chargers. I think Tyrod Taylor is a big question. They did make some upgrades along the offensive line, especially when they traded for Trey Turner and signed Brian Bulaga. Uh, they did also make a lot of acquisitions on defense. The biggest one, in my opinion, would be Chris Harris Jr. coming in to solidify that secondary even more than it already was. Also, the draft pick Denzel – or not Denzel, um, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. But uh, moving on to the third-place spot, I have um, the Denver Broncos 5-11 and 11 as well. Um, I Like you said, I don't buy into the Drew Locke hype just yet. I need to see a full season from him before I can form a well-thought-out opinion on it. And I just think that that offense has a lot of uh, – it has more questions than answers, in my opinion. You have two running backs that you're paying to be starting running backs, but you're going to split carries with them. Uh, that can bode well, but I also just – I'm not super sure about Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay like – they both seem like they're one-trick ponies, and when you see one come in, I feel like the defense can kind of just guess what's going to happen. And, uh, again, like you said, rec- rookie receivers at two and three, I don't trust that either. I think the defense will be pretty solid, but that offense is a really a massive question mark in my opinion. Um, and second place, I have the Raiders going 11-5. and five. It's a little bit of a hot take, um, but I do see Derek Carr coming back to that 2016-2015 self where he is having almost an MVP caliber season. Uh, I think there's a lot of young guys on that team, especially rookies, that I'm fairly confident in from what I've seen. Um, I haven't heard – the only reason I feel different about these rookie receivers compared to Denver is I've heard from NFL Network and ESPN amazing things about Brian Edwards and his physicality and stuff at the line. And obviously everybody knows about Henry Ruggs' speed. But then I think 
um, John Gruden isn't one of those people that's going to shy away from using his fullback and running back combo of Alec Ingold and Josh Jacobs. I think they're going to be able to pound the rock behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. And I think that defense is going to take another step, especially after they revamp their linebacking core with the additions of Tanner Muse from Clemson, Corey Littleton from the Los Angeles Rams, and Nick Kwiatkowski from the Chicago Bears. I think that defense is starting to be built to stop people like the Chiefs, and I'm not saying they are, but the fact that they are looking to stop one of the high-powered offenses in the NFL is only going to bode well for when they play lower-caliber offenses. And in first place, I have the Chiefs going 14-2. and two. I think it's the start of a dynasty, as much as I hate to say that. Patrick Mahomes paid half a billion dollars to do what he does, slinging it around, and they haven't really lost any major people. If anything, they added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's the perfect running back for an Andy Reid system, in my opinion. A bowling ball, a guy that can bounce off tackles, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. All right, uh, final predictions for this. I have Ravens one seed, Chiefs two seed, the Bills at three seed. I have the Titans four seed. For five seed, Steelers, six is Colts, and seven is the Cleveland Browns. What do you have? For me, I have the Chiefs at the one seed, the Baltimore Ravens at the two seed, the Houston Texans at the three seed, the Packers at the four seed, the uh, wait no, the, the Buffalo Bills at the four seed, the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders at the five seed, uh, the Cleveland Browns at the sixth seed, and the New England Patriots at the seventh seed. All right, very differing opinions, but you know what? I'm just happy we're having a football season. That's the yeah. AFC. Let's move on to the NFC here. NFC North. Um, last place, I have the Lions. I have them going six and ten. Um, I, I'm not seeing the same amount of hype. Actually, I read that wrong. I have them going seven and nine here. The offense looks really good. It looked super good until Stafford got injured. They had some horrible quarterback play last year. Um, the defense, though, I still just am, am not super high on it like other people are. Um, you went, th- what, 3-13 and 13 last year, 3-12-1. and one. Uh, I'm Not super high up on the defense, but the offense I am high up on. Matt, Pat- Matt Pat- Patricia as a head coach. You gotta fire him eventually. I mean, he's causing more pro- more harm than good in Detroit. Uh, third place, I have the Bears, seven and nine. They were eight and eight last year. I don't see the drop problem getting any better. They were third in the league in drops. I think they're gonna stay like that. All you really have is Allen Robinson. Got rid of Taylor Gabriel. Um, yeah, that's that's the Bears. I do think Trubisky will start at quarterback, and I'm okay with that. Foles career backup. Second place, I have the Minnesota Vikings at nine and seven. You lose Diggs, add Jefferson. You know, you, you lost a lot of pieces on defense. Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, a ton of losses on defense. I still think it's a really good core. You got guys like Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, elite players like that. But I got them nine and seven. Uh, Packers first place, 11 and five. 13-3 and three last year. I don't think they're going to skip much much, much of a beat. Um, just finding that wide receiver, too, is what it's all about for the Packers. Is it going to be Lazard, Valdez-Scantling? Who's it going to be? But what do you have for the North? Okay, so for the North, I do want to start off by saying I do think Trubisky is going to start, but I think this is the end of him. I have the Chicago Bears going 4-12 and 12 at the very bottom of the division. Uh, I think the rails are going to fall off, and they're – Trubisky is just not going to do well. I think they'll bring in um, Nick Foles near the end of the season and they'll get a couple late wins because I do think Nick Foles would fit good in this system. 
But moving on to the third place spot, I also think this is the end of the Matt Patricia era. I had the Lions going six and ten. I think anything less than above five hundred season, Patricia's out. I do believe in that offense, but like you said, again, that defense is a big question for me. I do like Jeff Okuda. I do like Jamie Collins. I do like Tracy Walker, but there's other pieces on that defense that I am just kind of nervous about with Deron Harmon and Desmond Trufant and their middle linebackers with Jelani Tavai and Gerard Davis. I think those are big question marks there, and those are the guys that are going to be communicating with the rest of the defense on what to do. Uh, I also have... um, the Minnesota Vikings in second place was six and 10. I think the fact that they got rid of so many pieces on defense. Yes, they did trade for Yannick and They do still have Anthony Harris. They still do have Harrison Smith. Their cornerbacks got poached and their defensive line, more specifically the defensive tackles along with Everson Griffin got poached. They lost both of their starting defensive tackles. They lost so many cornerbacks. Uh, yes, their linebacker core is still good, but, I don't know. I just don't see this team performing against some of these high-end teams that I saw during their schedule. I I just think it's going to be a little bit of a disappointing year. I do think there are going to be certain players, in my opinion, like Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, that will put up pretty decent numbers, though, if you're looking for like a fantasy outlook on something. And in first place for the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers going 10-6. and Uh, it may not be a pretty record and they may have dropped a couple more losses, but I do think they're going to make the playoffs and I could see them possibly making a Super Bowl run. I never count out Aaron Rodgers and I love Matt LaFleur as a uh, head coach, even though they didn't draft any positions uh, to help out Rodgers in the immediate future. I do like the fit of AJ Dillon getting a nice bruiser power back to go along with the finesse and speed of Aaron Jones and they did try to take a shot at tight end with the drafting of uh, Josiah DeGuara from UC. Yeah, but, I mean, he was a projected seventh-rounder going third round. I'm not too high up on him for rookie year, at least. I do like that you mentioned A.J. Dillon. Have you seen the photos of him in training camp? Yeah, he is, oh, he's, he's a mammoth. Oh, my. That dude, he's got I'm Saquon. Getting sa- yeah, I was going to say, I'm getting serious Saquon Barkley vibes from him. Oh, that dude. Oh, my gosh. Everybody was dogging on him for taking him second round. But, I mean, he's a second-round talent. He really is. What we saw yeah. at Boston College, oh, my God. If he pans out and plays the way that he did in Boston College and is able to power through NFL tacklers, because keep in mind, I feel like the NFL plays on a much, much higher level, even if you're going against twos than college ball. Uh, but if he's able to perform the way that he did at Boston College, I think it's almost a lock that the Packers would have a top-five backfield in the NFL. Oh, 100%. Him and Aaron Jones behind that incredible offensive line, absolutely. Um, All right, so NFC North, pretty standard there. Let's go to the NFC South. This is a very interesting division, extremely competitive in my mind. But at the basement, I got the Carolina Panthers, 4-12. and Um, I think they'd be lucky to get a win in the division, to be honest. I could see them maybe beating the Falcons at home, but this division is absolutely stacked. And you look at the Panthers, their secondary is really, really weak. And what what's the main thing about this NFC South? Well, you got Julio Jones, you got Michael Thomas. Those are arguably the best two receivers in the game. Then you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Calvin Ridley. A bad secondary is not going to cut it in this division. Four and twelve. Third place, I have the Falcons at seven and nine. Their secondary is not good either. I mean, I, that's the main thing holding them back. That and the offensive line. Matt Ryan, he's Mister Inconsistent. 
One year, he'll go MVP numbers, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The Nets to look average. I think this is going to be a nice little happy medium between those two. He's got weapons on one hand. You got Todd Gurley that you added, but the offense line is still going to struggle. Uh, second place, the Buccaneers, the talk of the town, 12-4. and four. They have arguably the best offense in the league. They have a, a top five front seven on defense. What's holding them back? Well, it's the secondary. They added Antoine Winfield from the draft. Still not going to help them that much, though. They were dead last last year. Their secondary was. That's why they're going to lose these four games. They could be 16-0 if that were just average. But dead last secondary, not high up on that at all. And in first place is the New Orleans Saints. The offense is going to be incredible. All you've done is add Emmanuel Sanders, a tremendous uh, wide receiver to take pressure off Michael Thomas, 13-3 and for the Saints. What do you have for the South? Again, like you said, I do want to stress immediately, I think the name of the game for this division is going to be the secondary. But besides that, um, for the Falcons, I have them in last place with 13-3 and going 0-6 and in the division. I think, first off, they're just not going to be able to keep pace with the Saints and the Buccaneers, especially with their offense. I do like A.J. Terrell that they drafted out of Clemson. I've been hearing a lot of positive things of him locking up players like Julio Jones in practice. So I think that's something to look forward to. But I just don't see the rest of that defense being able to stop these offenses. Uh, in third place, I think this is going to be a pleasant surprise for Panthers fans. I have them going 9-7 and seven with 2-4 and four in the division. Like you said, I don't think they're going to perform well in the division, but I do think they're going to get two wins off against the Falcons. So, And I have them losing the rest of their games against the Bucks and the uh, Saints, but I do see them sneaking out of division wins quite frequently, quite frequently for the rest of the season. In second place, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 11 and five. Uh, I think they're going to drop a couple games here and there, whether it's against the Ravens or the Chiefs, and I have them going five and one with their only loss being to the Saints. And in first place, I have the Saints going 13 and three. Uh, one of their three losses against the Buccaneers, and I believe that's going to happen week one. I think Tom Brady's going to go into the Mercedes-Benz Dome and beat Drew Brees week one. Whoa, talk about a hot take. So did you have the Buccaneers first place? No, I had the Buccaneers second place with 11-5, and five, and I have the New Orleans Saints in first place with 13-3. Wow, but you have Brady winning week one. Yeah, I got Brady winning week one. I have them splitting the series on the year. I mean, I, I'd say well, – my only problem with week one, I think the Buccaneers will struggle early on rather than late just because Brady going into a new system, working with Arians, um, it's just a whole new team, it seems like, than last year. So it's going to be interesting, though. All right, moving on, we got the NFC East, the joke of the NFL last year. Not this year, in my opinion, though. Well, except for the last team, which is the Washington football team. 2-14, and 14, do I need to explain? No. The defense, top five, 15 at least, I'd say. Chase Young is already an NFL player. He's been an NFL player for three years. Um, but the offense just sucks. It, it's just straight up bad. Um, third place, a little bit of a pleasant surprise. The Giants, 6-10. and 10. Uh, People are kind of sleeping on them a little bit. I could see a ceiling of like 8-8. Eight and eight. You got a pretty good wide receiver trio, Golden Tate, um, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. But Daniel Jones, I mean – 11 games started, 18 fumbles, and 12 interceptions. Second most amount of turnovers, and he missed, what, like five or six games? Ridiculous. He's got to get that fixed. 
Offensive line has gotten better with Andrew Thomas. Still not great, though. Giants 6-10. Second place, I have the Philadelphia Eagles 10-6. and six. Still not super high up on their wide receiver core, but it can't get worse than last year when you had all those injuries. You had a ton of third stringers come in at wide receiver. Um, defense is looking pretty solid, obviously, headed by Fletcher Cox. I got them 10-6. and six. And in first place, everybody's going to hate them. Everybody's going to hate this. They hate them. But I have the Dallas Cowboys at 12-4. and four. The roster is stacked. You got Jason Garrett out of there. Mike McCarthy, who I think is a much better option. I do think they, they cut HaHa Clinton Dix. Are they going to sign Jamal or Jamal Adams? Um, are they going to sign Earl Thomas? That would be huge. He's a locker room cancer, yes, but he's top five at free safety. That would be a huge move. You've already got a pretty good front seven. I know you lost um, Gerald McCoy. You cut him after he got injured. Um, but the offense, no weak spot at all. Top Best receiving core in the league. Top five running back, top five O line, and you got Dak. So very high up on the Cowboys, twelve and four. What do you have? Okay, so for I think it's pretty much goes without saying the bottom two teams are pretty obvious. We had the same record for both of them. I think the conversation really starts between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I have the Cowboys going ten and six, yet missing the postseason. That's how competitive I think the last division we're going to talk about is going to be. But in first place, I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 11-5. and five. I think Carson Wentz is going to play a full season. He's going to do amazing. I think we're going to see another MVP candidate season from him. I don't think he's going to miss any games. Miles Sanders going into his second year with none of these other running backs around taking his spot. Uh, I like the receivers that they brought in, even though Marquise Goodwin opted out. I'm a huge fan of Jalen Rager after I watched him at TCU and watched some tape on him. I love... Greg Ward, I was a huge fan of him at Houston, even though he played quarterback there. But I really liked what I saw from him this past season. And you still got guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Boston Scott, another running back coming out of the backfield that you can use, Corey Clement. Even though these guys I don't think are going to take away from Miles Sanders in the running game, they're great passing options. And you still got Deshaun Jackson as much as I'm sure um, people of a certain religion hate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do great in the division and I have them as the number three seed for the NFC playoffs. Okay. Oh, my only disagreement there, Eagles wide receiver core. I still think it's bad. It's in the twenties. I'd rank them like 25th, I think is what I had them on my wide receiver core rankings. Um, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't gone for over a thousand since he was with the bears. Um, Deshaun Jackson hasn't played a full season since 2017. I believe Jalen Rager. Yeah. Jalen Rager, really, really good. Was it the right choice over Justin Jefferson? I personally don't think so. That's just me. Um, so oh, that's why I, 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 I to, agree with you. I agree yeah. with you on that statement. I just think, like I like I've said with a lot of these other teams, I think a lot of these guys complement each other well, and they're going to kind of bounce off of each other. And I think it may not be pretty, but it's going to be what gets the job done. Yeah. And the offense, aside from that, it's really, really solid. Miles Sanders, high up on him. Great offensive line. Carson Wentz, if he plays a full healthy season, he's great. Best tight end duo in the league. So, yeah, I think we're going to see much better from the Eagles. Last division we got is the NFC West. This thing could be its own league. I just want to say this right now. This division is – if these were – if they were in any other division, all four of these teams would be winning the division year in, year out. I, I completely disagree with that. The, three of the teams, I'd say yes. One of the teams, I'd say absolutely not, and that's the rebuilding team, the Los Angeles Rams. I know they were so close to making the playoffs last year. They still have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, 
but you lose Corey Littleton, your main tackler. You lost Clay Matthews. You lost Eric Weddle, Brandon Cooks, uh, Todd Gurley, running back core. It, it doesn't look that good right now. Cam Akers, the rookie from Florida State, is heading it. It just doesn't look too good. And in a super competitive division, you're going to get eaten alive. 4-12 and 12 for the Rams. I think they're in rebuild now, which is unfortunate because they have a lot of really solid talent. Like we said, top five cornerback Jalen Ramsey, best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. Um, but, yeah, third place, I have the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are one of those teams you either, like, are all in for the hype, 10-6 and six, or 11-5 and five or something, or you think they're going to be a complete disappointment, the Cleveland Browns of this year, um, and be like a 5-11. and 11. I have a little bit of a happy medium, 9-7. and seven. DeAndre Hopkins, not only is he the second-best receiver in the league, but just the perfect fit for that offense. They needed a guy like him. Um, I think that receiving core is going to take off through the roof. You know, obviously got Larry Fitz. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really, really set up the offense nicely. The offensive line struggles, but do you really need it with Kyler Murray? Not nearly as much as you need it uh, on other teams. Um, second place, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Receiving wow. core is hurting. I- Emmanuel Sanders, gone. Debo Samuel looks like he's going to miss time. Who's the wide receiver one? Brandon Ayuk? I mean, who is it for the first couple weeks? So you still got a pretty good offense, though. Improved offensive line. You got the tackle from Washington. Um, Trent Williams. Yeah, Trent Williams. You got George Kittle. Great defense still. Lost Buckner, but you drafted out of the draft. Um, Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, that's right. Um, So, yeah, I got 10-6 and for the Niners. And in first place, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm wearing my uh, Russell Wilson jersey right now. Got to represent 13-3. and Great defense, remaking the Legion of Boom. Um, offense, best quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson. Bad O-line, but he's always had bad O-lines. Wait, and so what do you have the uh, 49ers at? 10-6. and six. Wow, okay. Um, so first off, what I want to say is when I say every all four of these teams could be division winners in any other division, the, the Rams record doesn't speak to what all is. Um, mm-hmm. I have them going five and eleven and zero and six in the division. This is a really competitive decision. This is the most competitive division in the NFL, in my opinion. When I see the other three teams, I, I see playoff contenders and possibly Super Bowl contenders, just with how their teams are set up. Um, in third place, I have the Arizona Cardinals going ten and six. I do want to say, since you already mentioned the receiving core, Kenyon Drake. Uh, he came on strong this past season after he was traded from Miami. I really love what he brings to the table. He can get the job done running, but he is another threat out of the backfield that defenses have to watch for, not mentioning all of the receivers that are going to be running downfield. They have like five receivers that I really like. And then to throw in another, to throw in a running back as well that you have to look out for in the passing game is going to be a headache for defenses. So I have them at 10-6 and six oh, in second really place. Really quick, with T- Kenyon Drake, it's not so much like the raw talent that I like, but it's the fit in Arizona. I mean, it doesn't take much. You had to watch a Dolphins game from earlier and then an Arizona game from later in the season to see how much better he fit in that Arizona system. So, Yeah, uh, I, I just really liked what I saw. Um, for second place, I have the Seattle Seahawks going 13-3. and three. Uh, I really like what I see from Russell Wilson. I think they're not going to miss a beat from where they were last year. DK Metcalf in year two, I think is going to take another step forward. I am a huge fan of Tyler Lockett. And 
like I've said earlier in this offseason, I called it to Jamal Adams on the Seahawks. I think they're going to rebuild that Legion of Boom. They've already brought back a couple guys that used to play for him in the form of Bruce Irvin. Uh, I just think it's looking up for that defense. They brought in Quentin Dunbar. Thank God he wasn't a part of that DeAndre Baker heist. Uh, he was an innocent man in that. So they have a really good cornerback, in my opinion, to pair with Shaquille Griffin. So I, I just – and their linebacking core is amazing, in my opinion, especially with that addition of uh, Jordan Brooks from the draft. That That's another guy that can cover receivers along with uh, um, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. I think that's a great fit for that Seattle defense, that defensive line. I guess I could say I'm a little worried about, but they can get great interior pressure with Puna Ford and Jerron Reed. I think those guys are severely underrated defensive tackles. They're great at stopping the run, and especially in the case of Jerron Reed, he can really get after the quarterback for being someone as big as he is. And in first place, again, uh, I have the San Francisco 49ers also 13-3. and I think George Kittle, even with the uh, subtraction of um, – Oh, shoot, what's his name? Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel. Uh, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders moved on, but Debo Samuel being out for the first couple of weeks, I think he can help Jimmy G out. And the fact that they're getting back Jarek McKinnon and they already have Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, I think they're going to be able to round the ball even more than they already were. And you can't talk about the 49ers and not mention the defense. I think that defense is going to be number one in the NFL. I think a lot of those guys are just going to continue to take steps forward, especially with Nick Bosa. And you trade away um, DeForest Buckner, but you pick somebody up that's literally exactly like him in Javon Kinlaw. So it's not like they're missing anybody there. They literally just swapped the contract for a bigger one for a guy that's on a rookie contract. So I think that defense is going to be right where it left off, and I see them being a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, only thing I have to say, you nailed it with the Seahawks. I forgot to mention that D-line, they got to have some guys step up. You're missing Jadavian Clowney, who I do think is extremely overrated. Not worth $15 million, not even close. Yeah, me neither. I mean, he's, he, do, he doesn't get great sack numbers. He helps out in the run, but defensive ends got to get after the quarterback, and he just doesn't seem to do that very well. Exactly. Super inconsistent, too. He'll have a really good game and then just go quiet for a couple games. It's not what I want for my edge rusher. Um, but yeah, I want consistency. Fun. Absolutely. Final division standings. Um, I have number one, the Saints, thirteen and three. Number two, the Seahawks, also thirteen and three. Three is the Dallas Cowboys at twelve and four. Four, I have the Packers, eleven and five. Five is the Buccaneers, twelve and four. Um, the sixth seed will be the Niners, ten and six, and the seventh seed, the Eagles, at ten and six. What do you have? So my number one seed is the New Orleans Saints at 13-3. and three. My number two seed is the San Francisco 49ers at 13-3. and three. My number three seed is the Philadelphia Eagles at 11-5. and five. My number four seed is the Green Bay Packers at 10-6. and six. My number five seed is, I don't know how that panned out, but the Seattle Seahawks at 13-3. and three. My number six seed is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11-5. and five. And my number seven seed is the Arizona Cardinals at 10-6. and six. All right, awesome. Um, let, let's give one more thing: Super Bowl predictions. First off, I'll, I'll go first. Oh, I didn't, I didn't warn you about this, but um, I'll go first. Take some time off. So the championship game, I have the Chiefs in the AFC versus the Steelers. I think the Steelers upset the Ravens. I'm telling you guys, I, I swear to you, I hate the Steelers. Browns fan here, but they are not weak at any position. They look absolutely stacked this upcoming season. So I have the Steelers and Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning that, going to the Super Bowl. I hate to be boring and basic, but I mean, come on. That 
they're, they're ridiculous. The Chiefs, the amount of talent that they have. Absolutely back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, so in the NFC, though, I have it coming down to the Seahawks and the Saints in the championship game. I have the Saints winning. Saints versus Chiefs. My Super Bowl winner for this year is the New Orleans Saints. I think this is finally the year that they don't choke. They've always had the talent. They've had the talent for the last three years to do it. It's just a matter of whether they choke. I don't think they do it this year. What do you have? Okay, so for my AFC Championship game, I have it being the Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think yeah. the Browns are going to get it done. I think they're going to get there, but I don't. I think that's where they're going to stop. I have it being the Chiefs in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. And then for the NFC, I have it with the um, New Orleans Saints versus the Green Bay Packers for the NFC Championship. I have it being the Saints. Uh, I think, one, they have a first-round bias, so they're not going to have to worry about playing any team seeing, you know, knocking them off. Two, the Vikings aren't even in the playoffs for me this year, so they don't have to worry about anything happening there. Uh, But like you said, I think the talent level on that offense is ridiculously high, and I think this is finally their year. I do have them winning the Super Bowl. Yes, Patrick Mahomes didn't win the Super Bowl, but he's going to add to that Tom Brady resume where he's just going to show up in a Super Bowl every single year. And the year that he doesn't, the very next year he's going to win it. So, yes, the Saints won it this year, but I think this is still going to be a Chiefs dynasty for at least the next 10 years. I I have to say, the one thing with the Browns, I I can tell you're not a Browns fan. No Browns fan would make that prediction, especially after last year's disappointment. I mean, look, with the talent they have, can they make it to the championship game? Yes. Will they? No. Why? Because it's the Browns. I mean, come on. They're losers. I'm I'm just – I'm remaining – My team is a bunch of losers. They really are. It's a losing culture in there. They – yeah. I had to go on a little rant there. This is not going to be another Browns episode, though. We've had far too many of those. But, um, yeah, Yeah. that is our full standings predictions. Um, Really good episode for you guys. We really hope you enjoyed. Um, And, yeah, this will be going up Saturday. Can't wait. There is uh, one more episode. It will be coming up Wednesday and then the start of football. Super excited for it. Um, All right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, We'll see you in the next one. Thank you guys for listening.